Good evening. Good evening. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's good to see you out tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, there'll probably be a few more come in in just a moment. After this morning's service, I didn't know how many would come back tonight. I know we had a big service this morning, and uh, as we sent Pastor and Sister Vonda on their way, and uh, you guys blessed them tremendously. We went and ate lunch with them, and they were just overwhelmed by all of the, the kind words and and, and uh, I think their necks were just about wrung out from all the hugs this morning. So, but we love them. We certainly wish them well. And, and uh, any of the adventures, any ventures that they uh, go on and where they go from here. So we're just going to continue to pray for them. A couple of announcements <clears throat> as we get started this evening. This Saturday is our Love Lone Grove Day. And we have a room full of stuff back there. Uh, there's clothing and there's just stuff and other stuff and more stuff. And so... Um, but we're excited about it. Uh, we not only have the, the yard sale stuff, but we also have backpacks that we're going to be giving away to kids and all, with school supplies in them. <clears throat> and also, <clears throat> there'll be lunches uh, that we'll be giving out lunches, a little sack lunch as well, and, and, and some other things going on. So uh, invite somebody to come out to that. Um, I think it's going to be 8 to 1. Uh, it doesn't say on here, but I believe I said the hours that we're going to do it. Invite somebody to come out. And, and if they don't need the yard sale stuff, maybe they need school for their kids, or they just want to come out and see what's going on. And, and it's exciting. And, and I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff back there. You can't go back there without finding something that you need. And I mean, something you really need. You know, there's some, there's some cookbooks back there and, uh, that are older than I am. So maybe there's some recipes that, you know, you can remember that grandma used to make. Well, you might need that cookbook because, you know, she can, you can go home and cook it and, and uh, uh, I keep threatening the kids I'm going to make some, uh, what is that, uh, spaghetti O and Vienna sausage jello. Well, some of you guys remember that, right? <clears throat> you don't remember that? Yeah, it's a jello mold. It has spaghetti O's and Vienna sausages in it. I've never eaten it, but I, I've seen pictures of it. So, 
Apparently in the 70s it was a big thing, so I don't know. But anyway, but uh, we need help this Saturday uh, with the Love Lone Grove Day. Uh, it, it, there's a sign-up sheet out there, but even if you forget to sign up or don't sign up, please come help us. Even if you can only stay for an hour or so, um, if you can stay all day, that'd be great. But if you can only stay for an hour or maybe two, uh, come help us with that. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to help our community and, and to meet people in our community. And sometimes it's not necessarily the ones that are getting something from back there, but they come and they meet us and we get to speak with them and we get to, we get to share Jesus with them. And so... Uh, if you can come out and help us with that, that'd be greatly appreciated. LaDonna's asked that uh, Wednesday be the last day that you bring donations. Uh, that'll give her a couple days still. LaDonna comes up here almost every day and works on that. If you go back there and you see everything's hung up, it's all organized, it's been ironed and pressed. And, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but it's organized, it's according to size, it's according to, you know, men and women. If it's me, it'd be in a pile and I'd say go dig through it. But LaDonna's been back there working hours and hours and hours preparing for this and organizing and even throwing some in the dumpster because some of it you know just some you know uh sometimes it's just not in good shape and so but she has worked and worked and worked and we appreciate her doing that for us but uh she said if you can no later than wednesday if you can get it here by wednesday that'd be great uh because that way it gives her a couple days to finalize it before we actually so that we don't come in saturday morning and there's bags sitting over that hadn't even been gone through so um that really helps out a whole lot so uh, if you could do that for us, uh, that would be awesome. And then to also help out, I don't believe that's the only thing going on this week, but there are some bulletins out there, so uh, be sure and get a bulletin. Hangers, <clears throat> that's on here too. I just didn't look at it. I missed it. Uh, she needs adult-sized hangers. If you've got some adult-sized hangers hanging around the house uh, in your closet, uh, you could bring some of those up here to her or even if you feel led to go down to the dollar store or to walmart or to uh dollar tree even and, and just buy some uh they don't have to be uh you know they don't have to be big super wire heavy duty just just something we can hang clothes on so uh that would be great they appreciate in that and we we keep our hangers each year the ones that don't break and uh, put them out there in the shed but sometimes we just don't have enough so uh, but that's the other thing that uh, we need as well so but let's stand tonight we're going to worship the lord together How many of you are glad to be in God's house tonight? I mean, we could be outside. It's, it's kind of warm outside tonight. But we get to be in this nice, beautiful, air-conditioned sanctuary. We're going to worship the Lord tonight. We're just going to glorify Him. Amen? I think some of y'all might not have got your nap. I said, we're just going to glorify God tonight. Amen? Amen. Let's praise Him tonight. Father, we love you. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day that you have made, Lord, that we can rejoice, we can lift you up, we can shout your name tonight, God. We can exalt you with all our hearts tonight, God. And I pray that you just move in this place tonight. Lord, let your Holy Spirit just begin to stir within us, begin to fall on us right now, God, to, to set free, God, to heal, to deliver, God, to just move in a mighty way. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Put me back to 
and leading us through the path, God, in Jesus.
Let's just wait on him. Just lift your hands up. Let's just wait on him for another moment. Lord says, the Bible says, though that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. Let's just wait on him just another moment. Father, we love you. We're just waiting on you, Lord. Come move, God. God, give us strength tonight, Lord. Rise us up with wings as eagles, Lord. God, Lord, your word says we'll, we will soar, Lord. We will fly. We will not fail, Lord. And we just wait on you, God. We praise you tonight because you're worthy of our praise. Lord, you're worthy of our time tonight, God. God, as we look to you, we know that you're the, you're the maker and the creator of all things. You hold all things in your hand, Lord, and we just wait, Lord, for you to move, God. We know that you have a great move for us, Lord. We expect a great move for us, God. We know you have a great plan, as Pastor said this morning, God, and we look to you for our strength, Lord. We worship you tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening. Amen. I'm glad you're here tonight. I was worried that it would be me and three. 
but it's me and four no more. I may not be a mathematician, but I can add my numbers pretty good and make rules with them. But seriously, thanks for coming out tonight. I know that it's kind of a, it's a, it's a little bit of an uncertain time. I know pastor has a fan down here. So there it is. I didn't, I didn't know if you knew who had a fan down here that he would kick on. And I, there was a button you got to push. Julie doesn't like it. Pastor, I like it too. So, but uh, I know that the time of uncertainty, it's a little, we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know. Uh, some may not fully understand what's happening right now and, and, uh, but you know what, I, I know the, the maker and the creator of all things. I know the one who knows what's going to happen without a doubt. And, and if we have faith this morning in Sunday school, we talked about faith. Sometimes it's, it's easy to have faith to be a Christian, but it's not easy to have faith when you don't know what's ahead. And that's where we walk with God. That's our, that was our Sunday school is uh, walking with God, having faith. And so uh, in the next, next uh, period of time in, in our church, we're going to walk with God. And uh, I believe if we walk together and we have faith that God has a plan and God knows what he's doing, then uh, God's going to move and God's going to receive the glory. And uh, not us, but God's going to receive the glory and God's going to do great things and God has great things ahead for us. And so uh, be, don't be discouraged during this time, but be encouraged that, that God is still in control and that God knows what he's doing. And so uh, I know it gets difficult at times. It's... Uh, We've had several discussions in our house about our future because of uncertainty. Uh, you know, when, when pastor leaves, sometimes that means the youth pastor doesn't get to stick around very long either. So we, but we put our faith in God's hands. And so uh, we believe God's got things ahead. God's got great things ahead. And so tonight, <clears throat> I want to talk for just a little bit. Um, I, I prayed about what to, to, uh, to talk about tonight. Uh, uncertain of the crowd that would be here and uncertain of the mood uh, uh, you know, this morning could have gone a couple different ways and, uh, I, pastor didn't share with me what he, what he planned on doing this morning other than he was going to preach. And I believe he handled himself, uh, really well. I believe he, uh, I believe everything went just as well as it could. I know there's still some, uh, there's still some minds swirling around what's happened in the past, uh, couple weeks. But, um, but tonight I, I want to talk about a, a topic that we should, uh, should be an everyday topic for us. I want to talk about prayer for just a few moments. And then I, I believe that in this time right now, as we begin our process of moving forward, I believe prayer should be the beginning. It should be the foundation. It should be the groundwork that we lay in the process and, and, and where we are and what we're doing. And so I'm going to talk to you for just a moment about that, and then we're going we're gonna to do it. I believe you put your, you know, Put your mouth where your money's at. I believe you put your faith into action, and we're going we're gonna to pray. And so, But I've got a few scriptures I want to share with you uh, uh, first. And so we're going to begin 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I love this passage. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. So let's, let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. 
Lord, I thank you for this time once again to be in your house. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, as we, as we begin to look forward, God, as we begin to move forward in this time, Lord, that, that, that we would, Lord, focus on you, Lord, that we would uh, rejoice always, that we would pray without ceasing, and in everything that happens, we would give thanks to you, God, because to you be the glory for your will be done, Lord. We love you tonight, and we praise you in the name of Jesus. When Paul wrote this letter to the Thessalonians, uh, he encouraged them to pray without ceasing. Now, when I was a kid, I heard that, and I thought that means you just never stop praying. And my brother is an intercessor. He prays a lot. Uh, when we were kids, he would be walking around the house, and he would he'd be praying out loud. And, and I always thought he was a little funny for that, but, but I've seen God do things in his life. But he, he, he was one of those people, and I thought he took this scripture literally Pray without ceasing. Now, I know if you go to work tomorrow and you start just praying out loud, you know why you're working. Somebody's going to look at you funny, and especially if you're like a customer service person when you're, you're handling a, a customer and you just begin to pray, and especially if you're praying in the Holy Spirit, they're going to kind of look at you a little strange, and, and it may interfere with your work. And so I don't believe Paul means to just constantly be speaking prayer, but I believe that he means in everything that you do, do it prayerfully. I think in every situation in your life, to pray. I don't think you should ever stop praying about a situation. I know sometimes we, we, we give up. We, we think, well, it's not going to happen. It's not happening. And we begin to stop praying, but we shouldn't. We should continue to pray. We should pray and pray and pray because the answer could be just right there. It could be just waiting for us. Uh, and, and so uh, we, we continue to pray. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I like that passage because he says, Ask, and it will be given. Seek, you'll find. Not, if you ask, it's gonna, it says it will be given, but don't stop there. Knock, uh, seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened. Continue on until you receive what you have. I believe God's people have a lack of simply because they don't ask for enough. I think sometimes we stop praying too soon. We give up. I think sometimes we don't pray at all about something. I mean, I'm guilty of that. There's times that I can look at situation and, and, and I can, uh, my, my pastor growing up was really bad about this. He would, he would call you out because you, you would go to him and say, hey, uh, I'm struggling with this situation. And the first thing he would ask is, have you prayed about it? And you can't lie to the preacher. Because the second question was, how much have you prayed about it? Well, yeah, I prayed about it, I, I, you know, in the altar a while ago. And, well, yeah, but have you prayed about it for a couple days? Have you prayed for a week about it? Have you prayed for, you know, how long have you been praying about it? And, and, and he was bad about that, and, and he didn't do it to make you feel bad, but it, it did. Because, you know, you think, well, maybe I haven't been praying about it enough. And so, you know, you'd want to go home and pray about it some more. But... I believe that we need to pray and not stop praying and keep praying until we have an answer. We used to say, pray through till you get a breakthrough. And uh, we used to say, get on your knees and just, just keep praying. And so, um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff I heard growing up, we don't hear as much anymore. Maybe times have changed. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. But, but I, I still believe in that, pray through till you get a breakthrough. I want to look at a couple passages real quick tonight and uh, uh, these are familiar passages in second chronicles chapter 7 
this is one of these scriptures we've heard over and over and over, and we, we say it over and over and over, but I want to read a little bit more than just the one scripture. Uh, so beginning in verse 12 of Second Chronicles chapter 7, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no more rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And he continues on. He says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and that my eyes and my heart will be there uh, perpetually. So just a little background on what's happening here. Uh, You know that King David wanted to build the temple. He wanted to build the tabernacle, but the Lord said no because you're a king of, you're a warrior. You're a king of battle. Uh, There's blood on your hands, essentially. He said, uh, I'm not going to allow you to build it. And so Solomon, uh, David's son, came along and was able to build the temple, and it was a beautiful temple, and, and, and I, I don't go into all the details. I didn't write it all down because it's not what we're looking at tonight. But if you go back and you look and you read the detail and, and the, the, just the beauty and the gold and, and all the jewel, everything that was brought to God's house, I believe, listen, I, I think sometimes we kind of negate God's house a little bit. God, this is God's house. This was the temple. <clears throat> I know there's a church on every corner. But this was the temple for the kingdom of God, for, for Israel. And so Solomon built it with great splendor, and, and, and they had dedications. And if you read back a little bit, the, the amount of animals that they sacrificed in offering it to God and saying, we've built you this temple for you to dwell among your people. And we, we, the sacrifice, the amount of, of animals and the amount of what they did to get to this point to just not only build it but to, to dedicate it to the Lord and then the Lord came and in verse 12 he says I have heard your prayer and I've chosen this place he says I've made this place the place that I'm going to be I've sanctified it I've honored it this is where I will dwell in other words, I'm going to come and I'm going to move amongst you and I'm going to be in your presence again. It had been so many years since God had been able to come and, and have a dwelling place on earth because of the sin that was on earth and the evil that was on earth. But they built a temple. They built a place for God to come. And he says, I will come and I will be here and my presence will be here. And you can come and you can see my pregnant presence. You can see my glory. You can see God in this temple now, there was rules about it because man couldn't just walk in the presence of God because man was sinful. But God said, this is my place. He says, now, let me go a little bit further here. He says, when, now we may think, this is harsh. He says, when I shut up the heaven, there's no rain. When the locusts come, when, when I send pestilence, when I, when I put my judgment and my wrath upon the earth. Why would God say that? Because he knew they were going to sin. He knew there was going to be times that man was going to go against God and God was going to have to punish them. But the promise that God gave them was not that I'm going to punish you. That's what so many times we focus on today. God is this God. He's waiting for me to mess up so he can just squish me, so he can curse me. The reason my, my, everything is in such horrible shape, my health, my finances, because God's... That's not why. That's not the promise God gave. He said, when you sin and you get what you deserve for it, he says, if... 
my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will get down on their knees in the altar, and they'll come to my house, to my temple. He says they'll get on their knees, they'll humble themselves, they'll pray, they'll ask for forgiveness of their sins. Not only will they ask forgiveness, but when they get up and go out, they'll stop sinning. He says, then I'm going to hear them from heaven. He says, and I'm going to come and I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to heal their land. We, we need some of that kind of prayer today. We need some of that prayer where we humble ourselves and say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm useless. I'm worthless to anything. But God, through you, you can do all things. And God, I humble myself and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. America needs to humble themselves and ask God to forgive them of their sins and turn away so God can heal America. It's, not going to, it's going to take more than just a couple of us. America has got to come to a point where they recognize that they're messed up. And God says, I will come and I will heal their land. And he continues on. He says, my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to prayer made in this place. Now, I realize this is the Old Testament. I realize that some people say, yeah, but those promises of the Old Testament, Jesus fulfilled, well, they're, they're, they're no longer. Let me tell you something. The same God that stood and made that promise on that day to Solomon is the same God that's standing in heaven today looking down on us here. And I believe he's saying the same thing. If you'll humble yourself, if you'll turn away from your sin, if you'll come and you'll get on the altars, whether, whether it's because of sin, whether you have a need because of a sin or just you have a need, if you'll humble yourself and you'll cry out to me, I will come and I'll meet your need, and I'll heal your land, and I'll take care of your circumstance. I believe it's the same God, and I don't believe that God has changed. I don't believe there's any reason to think that because he did it for them in the Old Testament, he won't do it for us today. Now I realize we don't have to go through the sacrifice process because Jesus fulfilled that, and all we have to do to go to him for salvation, but I believe God is still standing there, and he's saying my eyes are open and my ears are attentive to the prayers that are made in this place because this is a place of worship. This is a place where we lift up God. This is God's house, and I believe when we come and we kneel before him and we cry out to him, God says I'm listening and I'm watching and I'll meet your needs, but it has to begin with prayer. As a church right now, we find ourselves in need we find ourselves in the need of a pastor to begin with. We, we need a spiritual leader. We need a shepherd for our flock. Okay? And I believe that we need to make this a place of prayer. I believe the same God that says my eyes are open and my ears are listening is there. He's watching this church and he's listening to this church tonight to see if we'll cry out to him and say, God, give us that leader. Give us that direction. I believe there's so many churches that they skip that point. They go straight into just, you know, we'll, we'll get somebody that, that, that we like. We'll get somebody that is popular. We'll get somebody. But he says in verse 15, I'll read it again. <clears throat> my eyes will be open, my ears attentive to prayer made in this house. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. I believe God is here with us. I believe we need to cry out to him. Tonight I wrote down three different ways that we need to, as we pray, the three different ways we need to do it. Number one, the word says we need to humble ourselves. Verse 14 said, if my people will humble themselves and pray. We don't like that a whole lot. This is something we talked about about faith. It's easy to have faith in God, but I ain't giving up my $90,000 a year job to go and, you know, 
minister to somebody somewhere else because how am I going to pay my bills? I'm, God, I have faith in you, but when you ask me to give that extra large check, or you, it's a, it's a little bit different. Humbling ourselves is not easy, and I'm not just talking finances. Humbling ourselves is saying, I need God. You know, I've learned in my life that if I humble myself and I realize that, that chasing lamb can't do it all, I've tried doing it, and I failed. But when I turn and I look to God and I say, God, only you can. Only you can do this, God. I found myself in situations where Chasen couldn't handle it. Chasen couldn't do it, couldn't figure a way out. But I humble myself. And I, humbling does not mean putting yourself down. It simply says, God, I need you. And God, I'm willing to listen to you. <clears throat> I can't listen to God if I don't humble myself. If, if all I can hear is myself, I can't listen and I can't hear God. We need to humble ourselves. God knows what you need. God knows how bad you need it. And God knows how to answer that need. But so many times we can't hear God over us trying to figure it out. Sometimes we can't hear God over everybody else. Let me tell you something. Oprah ain't going to help you none. Dr. Phil, he's not going to help you none. Uh, what's his name? Steve, um, Steve Harvey can't help you none. He's got some money. Donald Trump's got a, pot, a bank full of money, but he ain't never give me none of it. But I'm telling you something, God will. Sometimes we get so busy listening to these people who have loud voices, who, who talk and have a, a following, and we think they know what they're talking about. But if we just humble ourselves and say, only God can help me, God can help us and God will help us because God knows your need before you have a need. God knows how to answer your need before you have a need. God knew before we needed a pastor that we needed a pastor. God already has someone in line and prepared for that. But we got to humble ourselves and we got to pray and seek him and his direction for it. Trust God to send you what you need and know that he's in control. The first way that we need to pray is we need to humble ourselves. If we walk into prayer boastful, God just, his, he's going to shut his eyes and his ears to us. You ever have, so, let me step out of the pulpit. You ever hear somebody talk and all they ever do is talk about how wonderful they are? Listen, I knew a guy when we were in Lindsay, and he would walk up to me and he'd say, do you got three minutes that I can talk about myself? And I would say, well, I'll give you three minutes. You give me three minutes. We'll talk, you know. <clears throat> Maybe we'll get around to the Lord eventually. You ever know somebody, they talk about themselves so much they can't talk about anything else? I mean, that's kind of annoying, isn't it? But look at me. Look at what I did. Do you know what? We just got to trust God, humble ourselves. The second thing <clears throat> is not to seek attention. Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> verses 5 through 14. Excuse me, my. I've had sinus drainage ever since we got back from Eureka Springs. They worked me too hard, I think. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14 says, When you pray, this is Jesus talking, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street, uh, street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your, your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And he goes on to verse 7, he says, don't pray, or when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. 
Don't be like them, for you're not, your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he goes on and he tells us how to pray. He says, pray like this. He says, say, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil ones. Verse number five says that those who seek only the attention of others with their prayers, that's their reward. Those who stand and speak loudly and pray loudly and pray boastfully, they will receive their reward when others look upon them and say, man, they're a great prayer. You ever know though, there's some people, man, they just speak so eloquently and they just pray. It's like they're writing the King James Version when they pray, oh, Father, how wonderful thou art. You know, I mean, they, they just, they speak so well. And when they pray, you want them to pray over dinner and you want them to pray at, at Christmas and Thanksgiving because they're just so wonderful. And then you get that kid that stands up and says, rub, dub, dub, thanks for the grub. <coughs> and I believe the Lord looks down at him and says, you're welcome, buddy. I honor his prayer, but this other guy over here, I don't understand half what he's saying. I'm not sure the Lord speaks some of the languages. We try some of those words. But sometimes we, we, not we, we shouldn't ever stand and pray to have attention drawn to us about our prayers. We shouldn't want the attention. You know, I, I realize sometimes we get asked to pray in public and that's wonderful but I know people that that's what they do. They go and they intentionally go to pray in public so people will think of their such a wonderful prayer. I've, oh, they got a wonderful prayer life. Listen to them speak. Jesus says their reward is given to them by the people who lift them up. He says, but when you pray, do it in private. Don't stand right here in the middle and pray loudly. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting excited and praying loud. I'm not against that at all. But if your purpose is so everyone can hear you, you're not reaching the throne room of heaven. You're only reaching those around you. But if you pray and you get over here by yourself and you can pray just as well over here as you do there, then God's going to listen to you. His eyes are going to open. His ears are going to open. And he's going to hear what you're saying. And he's going to reach down and he's going to bless you because he says they will receive the blessing from the Father. He talks a little bit further in that passage about fasting. Now, listen. I have fasted in my life. I used to think fasting was eat real fast. Huh? You know, fasting is not my strong point. But he talks a little bit later about fasting. He says, those who fast and moan and complain about it. Oh, I'm so hungry because I'm fasting today. Lord, help me. I can't make it through another day of this fast that I'm on because I'm fasting. He says, their reward will only be the response of those around him that say, oh, you're fasting. How wonderful. He says, when you fast, it, matter of fact, he says, and I, I didn't write it in my notes, put your makeup on, dress yourself up, comb your hair. He says, fix yourself up so nobody will recognize that you're fasting. You know, some of the people you look at and you say, I don't think they've ever fasted in their life. Some, they may be the best faster you know. We just make up for it when we're not fasting. <laughs> but he says, don't do it for the attention of others. If you're only praying for the attention of others to get others to lift you up, that will be your reward. And I believe Jesus understood a thing or two about praying. 
I believe Jesus understood what it meant to pray, to humble himself, and to seek the will of the Father. On the, on the night, we saw this three times when we was in, uh, on our trip a couple weeks ago, that Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. And, and the Bible says that he prayed so fervently that he sweat blood. I looked that up because I was curious about it. I told the kids in Sunday school this morning, <clears throat> that is a, a known body condition that when you are so stressed and your body is under such great stress, it will bleed. I can't remember the name of it. I didn't write it down. I should have. There, that is an actual medical condition. You can split, sweat blood if you're under so much stress. Let me tell you, in, in, these, in, in these plays and, and even in the movies that we see about Jesus, they go through that sequence so fast. He goes to the garden and he prays the simple prayer that's in the Bible. And he goes back to Peter and says, Peter, can you not wait just one hour with me? And he goes back and he prays again. <clears throat> that happens a couple times. And then they come and they arrest him. It's not that fast. You see, they had the, 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 uh, the, the Lord's Supper in the upper room in the evening. They prayed all night. They came in the morning to arrest him. Jesus was praying all night long. That's why Peter and the others couldn't stay up and pray because he prayed for hours and hours and hours. And he prayed so hard and there was so much stress upon him as he cried out, Father, if there's any other way, let it happen, but your will, not mine, be done. And he, began, he was crying out, God, is there any way for this to happen other than this? Lord, let it be because I don't want to go through what they're fixing to put me through. But if it's your will, let it be done. Jesus knew about praying not for seeking the attention of others because he could have stood in the middle of the street and began to pray. He could have stood before Pilate and prayed. He could have stood before uh, the King Herod and prayed, but he didn't. He stayed silent most of the time that he was in front of them. But when he was in the garden by himself, he was crying out to God the Father saying, God, if there's any way, let it be done, but not my will, your will be done. God, whatever your will is, let it be done. And then they took him and they arrested him and they beat him and they spit on him and they mocked him and they ridiculed him and they beat him to the point of death. And he allowed it to happen because he prayed about it and God said, this is my will. And because God said, this is my will, he said, then it's got to be what has to be happened. Jesus knew a thing about praying, and he knew that prayer needed to not be out for attention. It wasn't to be set where everybody can brag on him and how well he prayed. Matter of fact, there's such a small passage in the Bible about that. But it's so important, and he set an example for us. If you've got an issue coming up, it may not be hung on a cross and crucified, but whatever your situation, if you haven't spent some sleepless nights in prayer about it, you can't blame God for not having the answer. You can't go to Jesus and say, well, why haven't you answered me? Because Jesus is going to say, do you see this, the blood sweat, that I, the, the drops of blood that I sweated for your sin, for, on your behalf? Do you see the hours that I anguished all night long? And until we can stand up and say, I've, I've prayed all night, God, I've, I've stood there and I've, I've tossed and turned and I've prayed. Sometimes we get up in the middle of the night and we can't go back to sleep, it's time to pray. It's time to say, God, whatever, whatever's going on, maybe there's somebody has a need, something's happening. How many times have you heard a story, I woke up in the middle of the night and I prayed and then the next day I heard somebody was in a car wreck or something happened about that same time. And I was just interceding. I didn't know what I was praying for. How many times have you heard that story? Don't pray for the attention of others. Pray for a blessing from the Father.
Number three, this is kind of a big one. Don't hold on to offenses. I mentioned this last week when we were talking, uh, when we were doing our wrap-up from the mission trip. We can't hold on to offenses. This is the biggest problem I see with people today whenever they're trying to pray and they need a work of God, they need a miracle, they need a touch from God, but they can't stop hanging on to something that's happened in the past. Jesus said in verse 14, if you forgive others, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. In the Lord's Prayer, he says, forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. But he thought he needed to go on a little bit more. And he says, if you forgive others, God will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, he says, how can you expect God to forgive? You know, here's the thing. Sometimes the sin that we've committed is so grief, is so horrible, so grievous, that, that the things that other people have done to us is so small in comparison. Now, I know some people have been wronged. I know some people have been hurt. They've been taken advantage of. They've been cheated. They've been manipulated. They've been torn apart. But when you think about what we've done to God, the sins we've done against God, and he gave his only son. Listen, I only have one son. I'm not giving up my, one, my only son just for anything. I got a couple girls I'll give you. But I only have one son, and I love that son. And he's, he's, a, he's a, I can't say he's a mini-me because he's big as I am, but he's a, he's. God gave up his only son for us to forgive us. And sometimes we want to move forward. We want to, to have great things happen. We want miracles to happen. And we can't move forward because we're still chained to those offenses. We're still chained to those people that we haven't forgiven. And listen, I'm no stranger to this church. And I'm no stranger to the things that have happened in this church, at least in the past three and a half years. And I want to share this with you. If our church wants to move forward... We're going to have to forgive some of the things that's happened in the past because this church is not going to move forward if we chain ourselves to those things, those offenses, those, no matter what it is. But if we don't break those chains of unforgiveness and those chains of, 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 of offense and hurt, and it's not going to be easy in some, in some circumstances. It's not going to be easy, and I'm not blaming one person or the other, but I'm saying this church is chained to some things that it's got to get rid of if we're going to be able to move forward. If we don't forgive those things, how can we expect God to move in our behalf? We cannot hold on to those things and move forward. I've always said an, uh, an offense, and, and there's many scriptures in the Bible about an offense, is it, like a, having a, a leash that's tethered you to that thing. And as long as it's still there, you can only move so far. And God wants to move you further. God wants to bless you. He wants to move in your life. He wants to, God wants to bless your finances. He wants to bless your health. He wants to bless your family. But we're still holding on to those things. Listen, I've got those things in my life that I've had to let go of too. It's not easy. There's one person in my life that I'd like to just throw off a cliff. But I've got to forgive. Because if I don't, God can't use me. And there's been many times that God said, now wait a minute. You need to go back and you need to revisit that and you need to do some more forgiving and you need to do some cutting on that chain and getting that because it's tying you down. And the enemy knows the things that are holding us down. The enemy knows those things and the enemy likes to poke and prod at those things so they rear their ugly heads every now and then. So we're reminded of those things. But church, if we're going to move forward, we've got to be able to forgive. 
We've got to be able to move forward and allow God to move. And God will do it. Because I'm standing here today saying it's only by the grace of God. It's only God that can do that. But he will. He says he will. Promises in his word says that he will. Says he'll set us free. It says his eyes are open and his ears are attentive to what we need. And if we ask him for it, he'll give it to us. And God will break those chains. And we'll be able to move forward. I'm telling you, I know so many people that are missing out on blessings. They're missing out on what God has for them simply because they're still tethered to that. And it's just as simple as saying, God, please help me. That's where the humbling ourselves comes in. Because sometimes we think, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do that. It's their fault. It wasn't me that did it. It was them. I was perfectly clear and innocent in everything. It was them that did it. I stand righteous and indignant. But we're still tethered to it. And God can help us set ourselves free. If we can humble ourselves and say, God, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's happened, God, help me to break free so we can move forward. Church, that's where we've got to get to. We've got to get to where we say, God, no matter what's happened in the past, the past is the past. It's behind us. We're moving forward. We're not moving backwards. God, we're lifting our eyes to you. If we'll put our eyes on God and focus on him, if we'll focus on the Lord, we won't see anything around us. We'll forget about that. We'll be able to move forward. And God will bless us. God will multiply us. God will do great things if we keep our eyes on him. And so tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. I told you it wasn't going to be a long sermon. It's not 7 o'clock yet. Randy Doyle said he wouldn't be out by 7. I said, well, we'll see. Tonight we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put that, that into action, okay? And so I, if you guys want to, if Julie, if you and Dennis want to come up and just play some music. I find it's better when we pray to have live music because for some reason when we have a, a song playing and that song ends, everybody thinks it was time to quit praying. So... That's where Dennis can just play and play and play. But I want us to do something tonight. I said, <coughs> I feel like that as we begin this part of, of our church, as, as, our, as, as a family, we are a family. I believe we need to move forward at this point and begin it and birth it in prayer. Not just as we search for a pastor, but as a church. I believe there's some things that need to be healed. I believe there's some things that need to, from this point forward, we need to grow, and it needs to begin in prayer. And if we'll build our foundation on the Word of God and on prayer and seeking Him and humbling Him and cry out to God, He will heal and He'll set free, and He will allow us to move forward, and He'll do better and greater things ahead of us than we've had behind us. But we have to begin it with prayer. So this is what I want to do. I want us to, everybody that can, make your way down here to the front. Um, my goal is not to embarrass anyone. It's not to put anyone on the spot. But I believe as a family, listen, we've had this discussion about how some families, when they pray over dinner, they hold hands and they pray. Some don't. Some ask one of the kids, the, whoever the loudest kid, that's what happens in our house, whoever's been the loudest, hey, pray over dinner. If you're talking that much. So I don't know if you like, listen, and we're also in, in kind of a post-COVID still state. So if you're not comfortable holding hands or standing right next to somebody, let's just all come across the front here. And we're going to pray together as a community, as a family, as a church. And we're going to seek God's direction. We're going to do what the word says, humble ourselves and cry out to God that he will move. 
And then I want us to do this as well. If you have a need here tonight, I know Brother Black, uh, I believe, is in the hospital. And uh, somebody said, somebody that knows more than me, kidney failure or something. Who, who was telling me that this morning? I got a thumbs up. Brother Black's in the hospital. We want to pray for him. And if you have a need, uh, we want to pray for you as well while we're in this attitude of prayer. So if y'all want to just make your way to the front here, we're just we're going to lift up our church. We're going to lift up our board as they begin to search for a pastor. And we're just going to humble ourselves and we're going to cry out to God, God, we need you more than ever. <laughs> I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Like I said, if you're the hand-holding, shoulder-touching type, that's fine. If you're just the don't want to be by anybody, that's fine too. 